One out, Chris Coast. He's three for three since entering the game. Swing and a line drive towards straightaway Seville. That's going to win it for the Phils. What a comeback. And four hits off the bench for Chris Coast. We're kind of lucky in our region. Sit here and go, World Series. Who are we going to talk a little bit about the World Series? Eh, how about a guy that won a World Series, number one, in our backyard? And how about a guy that, by the way, even, even played for the Houston Astros, who's in the World Series? Chris Coast. Carbonation on board. Hi, Coaster. How you doing, bud? Yeah, good, Jack. A couple things. I didn't play for the Astros, but I also played for the Nationals. Don't forget that. Oh, I got that's right. a lot of money by, by both teams. That's but, right. Uh, that's right. You were claimed off. Well, yeah, that's right. You were claimed by the Nats. That's right. Yep, and then also that highlight you always play, I really lo- I love it. I just wish I would have done better when I played in the World Series so you could use World Series clips, but there aren't a whole lot of good ones uh, <laughs> other than just the Phillies generally winning the World Series. That's a pretty cool highlight in itself. Uh, who, by the way, for uh, little Chris Coast trivia here, is uh, who took away what uh, what player in baseball that is now a manager in baseball took away what Chris Coase thought was going to be his first major league hit that was going for extra bases. That would be Rocco Baldelli. Rocco Baldelli. Rocco Baldelli. How about that, Twins fans? That's a little... And he also fielded your first hit, by the way, didn't he? That's true. He took away what would have been my first and previous at bat had a screamer to left center. And a lot of people may not realize, but Rocco Baldelli was one heck of a player, dealt with some... uh, non-injury-related health issues that, that kind of uh, stopped his career, but he was on his way to a perpetual all-star, every-year type career, and unfortunately, health got the best of him, but he was a phenomenal player, phenomenal outfielder, was going to be a... Uh, it's hard to say anyone's going to be a uh, Hall of Famer, but uh, he was on his way. Yeah, that is, uh, that's good stuff. A coaster with the uh, the Phillies World Series, and Chris was was an Astro. I met, and then we mentioned the Nationals claiming you off. I'm, gonna, I'm curious your thoughts on on last night's game. And by the way, I, I did have a tease before the break, and I said, you know, the the college game day they they bring in, and and uh, they always bring a guest picker to to guess the uh, you know predict the the football games and scores, and wherever whatever town this this uh, is at. They use someone from that that town or state, so it makes sense. So, since a college game day is in Brookings Chase, my bees I was thinking of was uh, was uh, Tom Brokaw, wh- wh- I think would be a good bee. Uh, Brock Lesnar is from Webster, South Dakota, wouldn't be a bad bee. And I know he's ninety five years old, but Bob Barker what, is another bee that I would bring back to be a guest. Now, if it was the Concordia Cobbers guest uh, picker. I'm not sure uh, who would be a guest picker for a Cobber football game, Chris. You'd have to maybe. You know, who's the most famous Cobber? <laughs> who's the most famous Cobber of all time? That'd be another thought process out there. Well, we'll get to that over there. George Springer not run that ball out, Chris. The uh, He felt he got it, and, and I don't want to pin this whole game on one instance because there's so many things that can happen during the course of a baseball game. You know, Houston got out in front. Washington, you know, they used the long ball, then they used some Juan Soto's, by the way, slowly becoming my favorite player in baseball. But here we are late in the game, and uh, and, and George gets a hold of one, and, and boom, it looked like he did the old shuffle. I think it's out. I think it's out. I think it's out. It, it clangs off the wall. He ends up at second, not third. Next ball is a fly ball to right that would have probably scored uh, him from third on a sack fly, and it would have been tied, and, and who knows. So let's start there, Chris. 
there's now that I'm a coach, it's amazing how I tend to watch a game even different than when I was an experienced player because on that play there was all these little things that happened was you know, him not running hard, which not because he was dogging it, not out of laziness, not out of fines, it was more celebratory, which not that it makes it much better, but it was, you know, what his intent wasn't all, you know, woe was me, I'm out, I'm just going to dog it and the ball falls. Um, the other dynamic on that play was the base runner on second base. Um, it didn't cost him the run, but it almost could have. It's it's one of those plays that you work on a lot in spring training, and then you never work on it again. It's as simple as when you're the runner on second base, if there's nobody out, you lean towards potentially tagging up. If there's one out, you absolutely cannot get caught not scoring if that ball drops. And he kind of played it like there was nobody out. Now the ball kicked away and he was able to score. But you also have to wonder if him being so close to second base when that ball landed, if that did have an impact on George Springer. I've watched the replay, I don't know how many times. I wish there was an angle of, that showed when exactly George Springer saw him at second base, if that had an impact on it. Uh, it, Let's just say there's nobody on base, and he runs hard out of the box. He's on third, not even a question mark. But did the runner at second base prevent him from going to third anyways? Hmm. Um, I I don't know. That's another thing, too. But I don't want to, you know, uh, drag on him too much. I also don't want to give him too much. I mean, he's an amazing player, and he's he's going to go down before his career is over. One of the best World Series players of all time if he stays in the pace he's on. But that would have been uh, it. Have been interesting to see if he had run hard. If number one, he would have even went to third because the runner on second base might have held him up or made him not make that decision. But if he would have ran hard and he just keeps on going, he's standing on third base. It might have you know might have a different game. It's one of those things as coaches, we always tell our guys, you know, college guys, professional with the Red Hawks, it's like, you know, you know, choosing when you pick and choose when you want to play hard, you will eventually choose wrong. Hmm. And that's and, and this is a little bit different because right. it wasn't in the category of intentionally not playing hard. He thought he got it. He made the mistake, didn't run hard. It was like I said. We've all seen it where a guy thinks he makes an out, dogs it, and then gets stuck on first base. Um, it wasn't quite that, but at the same time, him not getting to third base, sure, had an impact on the game. Follow me on this, and then you can tell me what Eric Wedge always told you, um, but because it may not even apply in the, in the Springer case here. It is unfortunate. For those that don't understand, uh, the uh, last night here, here the Astros are on the bottom of the eighth inning, and, and they got a man in scoring position and, and and Springer gets a hold of one, and that's what we're talking about. If you didn't see it or listen to it, uh, Springer kind of went into a little bit of, you know, he didn't pimp it, as, as we use the term, and kind of pimp it, do that. It was more of the, uh, I'm in awe of this moment, I'm taking it in, and this what a, what a moment this is going to be, and then realized, of course, oh, that's not leaving the park. And instead of getting to third, because of this, is what Chris just explained, uh, the ball bounced back in towards the infield, it looked like it, if you're above average speed or average, probably going to get to third. How much of it is this? And, and it does, maybe maybe this happens in more sports than football. Now, I, I think it happens a lot of times in, in basketball. In basketball, here's what happens, is when you've been stroking the ball the entire game and, and, and you pull up and you've got an open jumper and, and you're, you're spot on, you line it up, and uh, you don't follow that shot because you think, in. And you sh- it hits off the iron, and now all of a sudden you lose the rebound. And, and had you followed the shot, George Springer, Chris homered in the seventh inning. You know that made it five to three. So 
inside that athletic body, and, and who better than you to talk about what's the emotions of a game, when you're in that moment where you have homered, you're getting a feel, you can feel the emotion of the game, now you're in another position to, to drive a run in, or perhaps if you get wood on one and, and knock one out to give your team a – you're in that emotion. That, to me, is what Springer was, somehow embodied by – the the thought of this is leaving because they normally do leave, and I felt I hit it pretty hard. That's what the last night was to me on Springer. Yeah, it's it's pretty much what it was. And the, and the thing is, I've been in a moment where I thought I had a homer, went off the top of the wall, I got stuck at second base, I could have easily had a triple. The difference was that double that I hit made the score like a seven-run lead, and it was irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. You know, but when you do things like this, eventually it's going to come back to, to to bite you at some point. So once again, it's one of those things where why even put yourself in that position? That's one thing I try to preach to our Concordia guys all the time. It's like always put yourself in the positive position rather than if you leave it up to chance, if you choose, and we bring this up to the Red Hawks quite a bit as well, you know, if you choose when you want to play hard, you're going to you're going to choose wrong at some point and at some point choosing wrong is really going to cost your team it's going to make you look bad now you magnify that by almost an incalculable amount and you have George Springer bottom of the eighth world series home team and uh, you know granted it's it, even if he does eventually score doesn't mean they win the game but it does it, it was it's kind of a bad look um, didn't like literally cost them the game but once again it's one of those situations where why even put yourself in that in that in that position, especially when you hit the ball the other way? If you he knows when he pulls the ball, when he hits a homer. But most of us, unless you're Aaron Judge or uh, one of the major big strong home run hitters, when you hit the ball the other way to a deeper part of the park, that's where his mistake was. He bounced and he hopped like he like he got it. And to be honest with you, when he when he started bouncing, and I was watching this live and and saw it, I'm like, I can't believe he thinks he got. Yeah. That part of the field, so so convincingly, and then when the ball wasn't caught, it made sense that you know he got caught at that moment. I think a lot of ball players, those of us that have played high levels and hit homers in the major leagues and hit plenty of homers at every level, when you hit the ball the other way, the opposite field, very few of us in the history of the game know for sure when we got that. That's just the way it is. He thought he did, and he he guessed incorrectly. It is it, it's uh, the sports psychology, by the way. The sports psychology is pitch, swing, barrel, oppo, boom. Do the synaptic brain gaps all start clicking going, if I can get to third, I can score because there's less than two. If I can get to third, I can score if there's less than two. If I can get to, you know, that's not obviously what clicked in George Springer's mind. Jose Altuve, maybe. I don't know. And I'm a Springer fan. I just think the sports psychology of that, Chris, in that moment is intriguing to me. That, that's all. Yeah, when you, yeah, when in George Springer's case, when he got to the plate, he wasn't thinking, I got to find a way to get to third. Obviously, he's like, I got to barrel the ball. I got to knock this run in. If I get the ball over the fence, that's great. So, and there was a moment when you watch the replay when he hits second base and he does his little like clap and points the dugout. Yeah. Once again, I'm not the perfect psychologist and I could be wrong on this, but the look on his face was almost as if he knew. Yeah. But at the same time, he couldn't give in to it. He still had to point that out because it was a massive hit. He knocked in the run, less than two outs. Uh, they still could have got some big hits after that. It was almost like he had this look on his face like, 
did it, should I have got to third? And once again, I don't know that to be the case. That's just my first instinct was it was almost a subdued celebration for what was a massive hit at the time. So I don't know if he knew it and just doesn't want to, you know, uh, deal with it at the time, or you know, who knows. You uh, did you enjoy your time uh, playing for the Astros? You you start you were playing at F- Lance Berkman, I think. Um, was it first? You you played a little first base for Houston, right, Chris? Yeah, I, I was initially there to to be one of the catchers, but then Lance Berkman was playing first. He got hurt a little bit. Then Darren Urshad went there, and within two games, he got hurt. So I found myself playing off first base. But no, playing in Houston was great. We ended up coming up short uh, at the end of the year, but I think with about three or four weeks left in the season, we had a, a small lead in the wild card. So we were selling out games and we were winning some big games and um, it was, it was incredible. And then the wheels fell off the bus, which was kind of shocking because we had a team full of uh, not just stars, but superstars, Carlos Lee, who had led the national league in RBIs a few times, Miguel Tejada, Yvonne Rodriguez for crying out loud, wow. Mark Berkman, Roy Oswald, and the list goes on. I could go on with some other names as well, but uh, playing in Houston was great. I loved it. I actually loved the retractable. I know a lot of people don't. I, it was one of those things where when you drive the ballpark, you 100% know you're going to play. Weather's not going to impact the game. Um, I'm happy to see uh, them doing pretty well. They've, uh, they've built an incredible team through uh, spending money and the combination of drafting correctly. Well, they've nailed their drafts. It's been incredible what they've done. Uh I played with A.J. Hinch uh, in 2005 when I was in the minor leagues. We were good buddies, and he swore that he was never going to put a uniform on after he after he retired. He was going to go into the front office and be a general manager. Fortunately, it worked out to where he's been an incredibly successful manager. That's he, he, that's that's good insight right there. I know time is running, running loose on us. Back to this game uh, last night because I said there's different areas in which uh, things could really uh, go, go good, go bad. There was a catcher's interference last night, now that I recall. Chase, did you catch most of the game at all last night? Did you see some of it or listen to it? I did, and uh, unfortunately, Kurt Suzuki did make contact with the bat, and I know after the game on radio and television, they were both saying... It was clear. So to what point in replay do we allow replay? That's what I was going to ask Chris. And I know Derek would say, well, if you're making everyone do replay, then you're making the officials in any sport maybe subject to wonder if they should just make a certain play and then replay it. Well, in this case, you should have had runners at first and second. Instead, it, the Nationals get the break and get out of the get out yeah, of the inning. It was a it, it it was you'd agree it was a clear cut. Yeah, you could see it on, on, on replay. Yeah, you could but see it. Probably on couldn't hear it because the the noise would be tough, Chris. But yeah, like Chase said, I'm I'm fifty. I'm not even fifty fifty. I'm I'm like thirty twenty eighty. I'm not a big replay guy, Chris. But but is that something that you could see utilizing replay for catchers interference? It doesn't make any sense to me why the, that's not in the scope of instant replay. Anyways, uh, we have very, we have the technology. I'm not on board with this whole other topic, uh, the strike zone, because I'm not convinced that the technology is actually there. But if the technology is there to make a uh, look at the video real quick and make a decision, I'm all for instant replay in, in that regard. I like the way baseball's done it. It's going to continue to get better. Not a fan of the strike zone at this time, but I am open-minded. But in that particular situation, yes, it was a massive part of the game. And if technology can show without a shadow of a doubt and fairly quickly, which it could have if it if the video is either going to show it or not, let, let's make a decision. But of all the things we do replay, why would that not be part of it? I don't understand. Yeah, that's, I, I looked at your buddy A.J. Hinch, and, and just the look on his face is like, it's the helpless look of a manager or <laughs> just the helpless look of like, 
that's interference, and I'm not going to get this call, and I've got to wear it. I've got to wear this. I have to wear it, and that, that's it's a it's a thing. Chris, is it over if Houston loses tonight? Verlander going tonight. Strasburg going for Washington. Is the World Series over in your gut uh, if Houston doesn't even this up tonight? No, not even close. Uh, okay. both, both teams are too good. Pitching's too good. Offense on both sides are too good. No matter who wins the first game or if it's 2-1 or even 3-1, there's no guarantees. Both these teams are too good. Um, I still am going to question, it as the series gets deeper, the Washington bullpen uh, at, at some point. But the Astros are too good that even if they lose tonight, they could rattle off four in a row or, or four out of five or whatever the situation is. So I, I'm not really so much pulling for a particular team. as I want to see it go game seven. It's good for baseball. I really wish the Twins were in the World Series so baseball in our area was a little bit more lively before yes. we transitioned to everything else. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, but I just want to see a game seven. He is Chris Coast, World Series champion, former Astro, and as he pointed out too, Mets uh, have claimed him. Well, Met, well Mets too, Nationals. Oh, he's a major league ball player. He's a lifetime, uh, <laughs> lifetime major. Now, now volleyball junkie and baseball coach at Concordia. All right, Coppers fell last night in volleyball, but that Mayville State team, as you know, Chris, solid club, well coached, good club. Yep, that whole conference is pretty good. It's, uh, it's it's fun volleyball to watch, that's for sure. All right, Tough Guy. Tough Guy Radio returns. Chris Coast right there. Thank you, Coaster. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. You got it there, Hot Shot.